This is Space Waffles, a Star Wars podcast. Welcome to the final episode of Andor the Relentless, the show where we relentlessly talk about Andor. I'm Arzu, and with me are Candace. Hello there. Maggie. Hello there. Norhal. Hello there. Molly. Hello. And Mac. Hey, everyone. So we are here at the end of season one of Andor. We are talking about the finale. We're probably going to talk about the series as a whole, um, or the season as a whole, I should say, because we're getting another season. But uh, before we kick things off, thoughts on the finale? We can do overall show thoughts at the end. Episode 12, Rick's Road. Beautifully crafted. Emotional. uh... Inspiring. I've never felt so... Well, actually, I take that back. There have been some, like, battle scenes where I've been, like, um, just let them live. Stop shooting them. What are you doing? And, like, with this, it was uh, when the people fought back against the Empire and Ferex. uh, I was literally just on the edge of my seat. Like, whenever somebody, like, fell or died, I just was like, no, let them be. And I just think that's a huge testament to Andor's writing and their characterization and the way they just really made this world feel like alive and you feel the stress and the tension. And it was, it was just incredible. Molly, you look like you wanted to say something. (laughs) Um, I'm probably, I don't know how I feel uh, about it. I thought the episode itself, like not, thinking of it as a finale but just like as its own isolated episode I loved it I obviously cried I cried everything but as a finale episode I sort of reached the end and was like wait it's done and I don't know I so maybe there's like a little mixed feelings but overall like I loved everything so I ended up I would just end up saying like I loved it even with those like slight I don't know it's hard when the series ends too, because it feels mm-hmm. like something's been lifted off your shoulders and mm-hmm. uh, it just, yeah, it it was a really powerful episode though. I think it was just because the ending, it slowed down a little and then and then you sit through the credits. It's a bit of and an anti to climax too, when it all, that, yeah, it all comes to an end. That mid-credit scene. <laughs> that oh, mid-credit gosh. scene felt like, it felt like a, a hourglass for, for Cassian. Because mm-hmm. knowing that once it's fully op- operational, is he's out of here. He dies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So also the fact are. that what they were building on Darkina Five. Yeah. Yep. We is, were right. Is as we yeah. As we it was guessed. confirmed. I was gonna say we did we did guess that those were Death Star parts, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 That is correct. Yeah. It felt like the most obvious like visual Chills. signifier, and just like it, the way that Tony Gilroy has crafted this entire series this entire season it just seemed fitting that cassian would have been making the very thing that kills him like Ugh, it would have been putting so it like that there. ouch ouch it would have it would have been so out there if he was building the thrawn like tie fighter special it would have made no sense yeah yeah something with like T- rebels tie-in would have been thrilled um i i don't know for some reason i think when i watch the episodes i don't usually try to guess anything because I take it at like a like face value um, and just don't always look at like the thematic elements to it and so it just hadn't occurred to me to think about what those were because again I guess I watched each episode like that 
Um, and I forget like what the arcs are sometimes until the episode starts. So when we hit that, I was like, oh, <laughs> I, for- yeah. I forgot that, of course, it would be the Death Star. It's because yeah. the pacing on this show is so different. You're not waiting Maybe, for like yeah. a character of the yeah. week to pop out or like that, some, yep. some yeah. big thematic thing tying into like other no. things. You're not looking for that because you're so fixated on the here and now. You're not really looking that far ahead because it's it's so like consolidate it down to like the purest form of storytelling. Yeah. yeah. And it also adds to the show several message of why rebellions are needed because that's was chilling that he was building the very thing that this that killed him in. And I think it was a perfect end credits uh mid uh, mid credits scene. Mm-hmm. I think the whole what, prison storyline. Oh sorry, Arzing. No, go, go ahead. ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say like that whole um and I know I've, I've seen people talk about it like much more eloquently than I can, but like the prison industrial storyline in the arc um, just was deeper um, than I think that Star, Star Wars has gone before. And I really appreciated it. And I really think that Andor, you know, and its storytelling and its scope um, kind of hopefully will set a precedent for um, some future Star Wars stories because people are seeing what the story can tell and how it can kind of reflect, you know, what's going on. And um, yeah, just really powerful. Yeah, I'm a really obnoxious person. uh, So like, I really love academic things. uh, And it brings me a lot of joy when I go on Facebook, which is where like I'm Facebook friends with all of my professors from college and they're all talking about Andor and they're all talking about how much they love it and how much they want to like, incorporate it into like their lit classes or like psychology classes because of the stuff that that it talks about and like I think that's what's that's why I like Andor so much because of that academic connection because that's what I like about the original trilogy because George Lucas approached it from like this slightly more academic like yes it's a goofy space opera but his influences were rooted in realism and real situations and that's what andor is is building on so perfectly and it's the same as it was in 1977 and even more so now today because you know fascism and authoritarianism is a a lot more close to us than it was in 1977 and it's it's so so fascinating how this story is just so like exemplary of what star wars can tell yeah and especially I don't. I'm. I'm not sure if this is true. What I'm gonna say, but I think this is the first media on live action that we don't have any any lightsabers on it. Yeah. We have. Still we had happy. a kyber. Yeah, we had a kyber crystal, crystal but not a lightsaber. And and it, I'm not not saying with this is oh having Jedi having lightsaber is bad per se, but I think it's really interesting to see a story to be told without those elements that are what we know as Star Wars. The, one of the things that the most uh, are things uh, that identifiable things that we see from Star Wars, which is a lightsaber, but it is beautiful to see that we can tell a story without that. And build the world so yes. extensively and like, yeah. yes. you know, and everything just to me, like it looked good. It was designed well. The world's, the sets were like, um, fantastic and looked like the attention to detail was actually there yeah. and like I don't want to bash on other shows but like it, lo- it was the best looking show uh, for me too um, in how it was designed and everything I mean like it totally captured that feel of um, 
kind of the end of decadence and peace and the rise of authoritarianism. We see that in like the whites and grays of the sets and like the military, like industrial colors, you know? Um, And it was so true to like the original trilogy where we see like these, you know, military grays and greens and, uh, and the prequels is where we really see, start to see like all the color and everything. I just love the way that Andor kind of, blended them together in a way that you see one age is ending and one is beginning. And you get visual intrigue. You get all of these different like planets that all have very vibrant, very like touchable cultures and like feels. And like, you can almost smell these places because there's so much like depth to every single kind of moment and scene. Exactly. I I think it's because they limited the amount of planet hopping, which is something that like, I swear, I don't mean to tie everything to The Last Jedi, but that's something that I love is that it's very distinctive, like, worlds that you visit. And um, although I was, like, thrilled to see another side of Coruscant because I've always been, like, super... I'm not Coruscant. I'm sorry. I'm blanking. No, it is Coruscant. I don't know what's yeah, wrong with Coruscant. me. Yeah, the capital. I don't know Coruscant. why I blanked yeah. on it. I wanted to see more of it. Sorry. <laughs> um, I was just excited to see, like, more interiors um because mm-hmm. that's some of my favorite like any sort of like star wars quiz that's always like the what i choose is coruscant so um but it's nice to see the juxtaposition between you know the luxury of that planet and you know i mean you know that there's like the underworld there too but then to leave that and go to like maggie said these touchable you know planets or uh cities where you're just like it's the worst of the worst, like kind of life for everybody there. It's just working class people. I don't know what it was now. I don't know. It'll come to me and then I'll just bring it up. Was it about what an absolute champ Brasso is? Yeah. No, but let's yes. start there. So let's start with, yes. uh, let's start with Marva's um, funeral. So oh when I go, and I hope that's a long time from now, I too would like to be turned into a brick to hit a fascist in the face with. I would love that. Like, can we sign up for that? Like now? Go in. Like, I mean, they will turn, they, you know, they will cremate bodies and turn them into trees or diamonds or send them to space. I think we could also be turned into a brick to hit a fashion. (laughs) I already plan to be cremated. So this is, this is perfect. So let's, let's beat some fascists up. I just want to be a giant hologram. I just want to inspire people. (laughs) People to rebel against the yeah. forces. Yes. Fight back. Oh, yeah. gosh, that, that speech. That's she where really I got emotional. That speech. Mm-hmm, same. This was the moment last week, I think, where I was like, I can't talk about the finale, obviously, but there's a part that made me sob like a baby. It was Marva's entire speech. It just, oh. like, filled me yeah. with so much of a feeling. And I was just, like, sobbing like a baby. My mom was sobbing. It was great. We were both just oh. a mess. I expected far. that at the end of the... Sorry, um, I just, I expected that at the end of the episode, which is probably why it ended on a weird note for me, because we got the super duper emotional uh, part of the finale arc in the middle, sort of like middle. It was in the first half. It was yeah, like, I was going to say like it's like towards the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And after that, it's like, oh my God, I need to like come down from that because that was, that's where I teared up too. The monologues and speeches in this show, just absolutely well-written, emotional, very impressive. 
um, Luthen's monologue, but also I'm blanking on his like uh, his his right hand woman. What's her name? Uh, the one. Oh, Clea. Yeah. Yes, oh, yeah. her yeah. speech too. I was just like, wow, that is amazing. There's so many good speeches in this. Oh yeah. I yeah, also love it... logging. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go. I was just say I love logging on to Twitter Wednesday morning and seeing everybody posting Lema's gifts. Um, <laughs> Because of like you know the funeral of Lamarck triggered their the rebellion of eighteen twenty three, and so I just love people making that parallel. And I was like, yes, yes, give me my latest Star Wars crossover now. Oh yes, <laughs> what's beautiful? And um, I was gonna say since we were talking about the speeches, um, I know that there were a lot of like callbacks to the earlier episode, earlier episodes too, like with the voiceover. Um, when uh, I think it was when Cassian is back after he runs into Pegla and it was yes. the manifesto mm-hmm. um, from Nemec, I think, because I actually had to go back and re-listen to it because I realized that that wasn't, I don't know. Again, I take it at face value. So I just sort of like absorbed it without thinking like that's not Ca- that's not Cassian speaking. So <laughs> um, <laughs> it was just like, Oh, it came back into play and it, I don't know. It just, I really like that it ties in because it feels like you're so far away from the earlier parts of the season because the arcs are so distinctive. Yeah. And especially now that you mentioned that with Pegla and we see that he's like, yeah, I'm not helping you or that he was in that kind of mood. And now we see him that Pegla was the one who helped him. And yeah, I, I got to give it uh, kudos to uh, the actor, Kira O'Brien, because it's funny how you can hate an actor or dislike an actor based on his performance on one franchise. But here, yeah, he's, he was really endearing. Uh, he, he was uh, James Tart Sr. in Ted Lasso. So yeah, he was despicable. Oh, yeah, he was awful familiar. in that. Yeah. yeah. I have a question I love that about... Term one of the early plot lines actually and i don't know if i missed it um but andor's sister uh wasn't he looking for her in the beginning of the show and then yeah, i wrote i wrote an article that's... about this i you wrote did. an article about this yeah. i, I want to check it out I'm... after this because i i was waiting for something and then i i couldn't remember if like Banks and... was his sister or if i, I can just... if i can pair paraphr- i'll paraphrase what diego said uh in an interview to collider uh, he basically said that he doesn't think the search for his sister is ever over, even when we reach Rogue One, which wow. to me implies that he never finds her, but never gives up the hope that he will find her. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it's that makes probably me going. I know it, it hit so hard because it was like, so he probably dies never finding her. And the sad mm-hmm. thing is, is that Marva was probably right and she probably is dead. So he'll probably find her wherever they go on the force. Mm-hmm. Candace, you were trying you. to say oh, Can we go back to Marva, please? Um, I feel like we have a lot more to say with that and yeah. um yeah. i feel like there needs to be some kind of fallout for this woman taking a child from their home like that it was kind of glossed over so maybe in season two it might be explored a little bit more yeah it is glossed over and i kind of i, I kind of think that that's also just um indicative of where like society is with that kind of thing and like how adoption and like how that's kind of viewed as a savior thing and it's never really looked at as how traumatic it can be for a child to you know lose their the world they come from their culture like their their roots and identity that's kind of what it does and 
it glossed it over and treated it as like she was kind of saving him. And like I said, I think that's just the way society views that kind of thing. And that's why it was glossed over. And I don't know if the show will touch on that again. But that's just my personal. There might be more to the story, perhaps to the sister. And it might be as hard crushing, like uh, Maggie said, about that maybe her, his sister is dead. But yeah, it, I agree. It could have gone either way. I mean, in this case, and we see one of the crushing uh, lines that uh, Brasso tells Cassian that Marva loved him more than anything he could ever do. So it was, I mean, you can see it could have gone, but do you agree? It was kind of glossed over the storyline about uh, his uh, place of origin. But in this case, yeah, they focus more on the connection that Clem and Marva developed with Cassian in this case. I think it kind of falls in the middle with Cassian because yeah. on an objective observing standpoint, he was about to get shot. And there wasn't a whole lot there for the kids. The kids were not like it's this is just my opinion, but it's not to me like a case where a child is taken out of a thriving community that is seen as quote unquote lesser by those doing the taking. Mm -hmm. There were like six to 10 kids and they were not doing well. And they just kind of took him out of there. So on that standpoint, I think it wound up being probably a net positive for Cassian, mm -hmm. especially if it turns out that his sister did die there. That said, I was expecting mm -hmm. some sort of acknowledgement of like this disconnect from, I'm completely blanking on where he's from. Connect from, from Canari that he must have experienced because he was old enough to remember it yeah. when they took it. So I'm he wondering that might pop up in season two. Yeah. I don't know. He didn't know. He didn't know. Oh, basic. that's right. Especially, no, yeah. Didn't. If he's continuing yeah. to go, if he's continuing his search for his sister, I'm guessing we might still get some flashbacks. And I really mm -hmm. love the flashback of him and Clem when he's looking mm -hmm. at Clem's oh, yeah. brick. Yeah. Even yeah, though my sweet, sweet idiot Cassian, <laughs> I literally said out loud when that man walked out in the middle of the road to where his father's brick was. Oh, and I was like. Yes. You're gonna get caught like from else, the but... beginning that he is beautiful, he's but not he's smart. not very intelligent. Yeah, he's well, and, and and as origin stories go, I think yeah, it could have been de developed a little bit better, but at least it was not uh, they sold you to protect you kind of thing. It's really interesting. It, yeah, uh, I, I, I heard somebody else. It's a white woman taking an indigenous child. Yeah, which and a black man. And a black man. Yeah, but he didn't. He didn't. Agree to it. That's the thing. He he wasn't the one doing it. And I've seen a lot of people online talk about that and be like, I suspect we need to have this discussion. I hope, I hope I'm right. I suspect in season two, because now he's on the run, presumably looking for his sister. And now that his parents are not alive, he doesn't sort of have that face-to-face -face immediate connection with mm -hmm. them and he will have the space to sort of mm -hmm. ruminate on this now because now it's just him in a familial in vacuum yeah, yeah. That, we, like we're gonna have to wait a couple of years to find out but yeah i suspect yeah. That, i suspect that's probably what's gonna happen i also want to be annoying and make the first ben solo reference of the episode yes um let's go yeah. let's go <laughs> do, it. do it 
about her loving him more than anything he could ever do wrong. Yep. I was like... The Ben Solo stands in the house have yes. been saying that this is how Leia felt about her son, too. This is what I wanted. She doesn't this say anything about that, that, right? No. No, but we're like... There's a lot of online discourse about, like, uh, yes. Leia basically taking Finn, Poe, and Rey as her, like, quote-unquote new children. Because they well, like, which just goes to show she needed three to people. replace her one. Yeah, it took three to replace one. So I'm just yeah, saying, like, who was more important? Okay. okay. Hmm. So the the feeling the only- in this <laughs> case point. is like a response to that. In that, <laughs> a good parent, a loving parent, loves their child more than anything they could do wrong, and they don't just go get new, better, perfect children nope. when their child does something wrong. No. Especially someone like remember- Leia. Uh, what do you remember? How last week we we're saying that. Oh no, Marvel's never gonna know like what he did. But she said she did. She knew he was a spark. And that just that oh, made me Yeah, thought. I remember the yeah. spark that was gonna that light the fire. But yeah, that's what I said when I was watching. I, I started saying that too. I was like, uh, I love, I love the connection. I love this connection. He's already <laughs> burning. That's what it was. Like he uh, she said that he was already burning. And then I conti- I wrote down, I continued it with the whole like the spark that start you know the whole thing because it was i felt very intentional which is perfect because of course you want this to tie in seamlessly to rogue one i mean that's it's not necessarily about yeah if you think about like what galen galen says to jen it's all there and also um him telling um jen that her father would be proud of her is something that he knew oh. he need, he needed to hear from Brazo. Yes. Like, it just, yeah. it all comes and together. It, it, and also, oh, yeah. It was yeah. already so good because he was such a jerk about her dad. And then to deliver that to her right before, like, you know, they're going to die oh. uh, was already so powerful. But then with this added context that that's the kind of thing that he knows he needs to hear and he knows she needs to hear, like. It's poetry. But it's just so me in the chest. It's not even like because last week we were saying, you know, him telling Jin your father would have been proud of you, and we're going. That's what he needed to hear because he never knew that Marvel was proud of him. With this episode, then it gets that extra yeah. context of like he's telling Jin that because he knew that Marvel was proud of him because he like he heard that directly, so mm-hmm. he knows that he he can say like without a doubt now that Galen knows whatever Jin's done. He is proud of her and loves her more than anything she could have done wrong. Yes. I love her. She's like probably my favorite character, yeah. I think. Mine is I don't know. Mama. I love we'll any redhead. But... Oh, but um about it also brings up the context of like in Rogue One where Cassian has the ability to shoot her father Got and he doesn't. And yeah. it's just, you know, he's seeing himself in that of being yeah. like, what would he yeah. give to be able also to see given his that like, again? Earlier yes. in season one of Andor, like he would have if it was if it was Cassian yeah, no, no. in like the first few episodes, he would have, but he's had that growth. You and know, I don't season. know. I don't know. I don't know. He I don't think at the beginning first. of no, yeah, but he I didn't kill that... Cyril because he didn't kill Cyril when he should have no, in he the didn't. first yeah. three episodes. That's boy. And we saw how shaken he was at the beginning when those two guards who were harassing him died. Who he was in oh, the right true. in that regard. Oh, yeah. totally. But, like we talked about this before, right, Maggie? About like how at 
his establishing character moment in Rogue One is that he kills his informant with no, no hesitation. None. So and you, we compare that moment with that beginning in the series. And, and, and like, it's how so does he get from there? That Tony Gilroy made that be something that happens within the first 10 minutes of the mm-hmm. series. And it's the same thing that happens within the first 10 minutes of him being on our screens in Rogue One. Like, yeah. it's so intentional. And I also love that when we first meet Cassian in Rogue One, he's this like battle hardened, devil may care, like complete rogue of a rebel. And Jen is the one who doesn't want to be part of this, who is completely comfortable in complacency. And that's how we meet Cassian or he mm-hmm. is where Jen is at the start of Rogue One. And the way that that now makes their entire character arcs both separately and together so much stronger. And also if we have like Luthen and Saw are like a bridge and Jen is influenced by Saw and mm-hmm. Cassian is influenced by Luthen. Like, look, we'll never get a kiss, but at least we've got like they're living parallel lives. They're the same, they are the same coin. They're just two sides. And it brings they're going from apathetic to all in for this cause. All in, yes. Willing to die. Mm -hmm. It just means a lot more, I think, because that's not something that you would um, I mean, it's just not something that I guess. I would have focused on, but you're completely right. I mean, it's just a seamless sort of cyclical uh, character arc. And even though they're like, I actually don't know how far apart in age he is with Jin, but you know, it's like, his rough, age you know. has changed. His age has definitely okay. changed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it, it's because they didn't know how old he was when they kidnapped him. So. <laughs> They just, they well, just my theory is not, it's just like, not well, a cancelable age difference like last week. Um, <laughs> I know that much. <laughs> okay, my theory is they lied about him being younger because they knew he was trouble, and they're like, he can't be tried as an adult if we say that he's a child. Yeah, I mean, he's I'll a messy it. boy, so that seems like a smart choice. <laughs> a beautiful like, yeah. boy. No, this like guy who looks like he's like twenty five. No, he's like ten. I love the. Lack of it took a while to notice. I was like, he just looks so different. It's just the facial hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, facial <laughs> hair know. really does wonders for men. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just throwing that in. Some there. women too. Exactly. Um, but Marva's speech—it's about the same time as End of Season One Rebels, and I was just thinking that Ezra's speech is like the the middle school version. Of what she said. Yes, yes, yes. The junior version of how to to stop fascism. You know, yes, exactly. You know, novel. But yeah, like I'm back to middle schools. Exactly. It's like the the, the PG, the G version. Speaking of Ezra tried. Ezra tried. (laughs) I saw a post this morning that was talking about how there is a post sitting on Reddit from four months ago that detailed that entire final scene, but said that originally Marva said, F the empire, not oh, fight yeah. the empire. Wow. And so they changed it. They must've had to, you know, change it. And there is like two interviews that Tony Gilroy's done where he said, Disney didn't have a problem with anything they did, except one thing that they made them change. Oh, and it has to be yeah. F the empire. Cause yeah. they're not going to let you drop it a F bomb at 8am on a, on a Wednesday Although on Disney plus. They yeah. should. They should have. Just be fighting these bastards from the start. Fight the Empire. Yeah. 
Yeah. That would have and it, also will, it has to trigger the Imperials more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will yeah. say it was very funny when when she said, like, if I could do it again, I'd wake up early and be fighting these bastards from the start. And first of all, after several minutes of what is very clearly a call to revolution, suddenly the Imperial <laughs> guy gets nervous, yeah. takes Captain off his coat, Tigo. tries to cover the hologram. It doesn't Misses. fully cover it the hologram. Way. I was like, dude, yeah. and then slides off the camera and he steps back like, <gasps> she's too powerful. I'm like, you can just cheat it up. <laughs> I know. Also, he's not there. You can hear her. You can still hear her. It doesn't matter. Also, you just, see her. They were afraid of a marching band. Oh my gosh. They, don't were, even... they were afraid of B2 emo. I know. That's so crazy. <laughs> Which I mean, they should be. It's always yeah. the quiet droids. Also, I also kudos to the marching together. The marching, oh my god! Because the they were playing the theme of the of the series, and it was they were, and it just I love that so we powerful. got a funerary dirge. I lost my mind as a like marching band girl. I like I lost my mind at those <laughs> instruments because I was like the drums are just drums. But then I I was like in all I started like not screaming, but I was just like, what is this? It's like a clarinet that sounds like a flute with it's got gadgets on it. I was like. I'm always excited to see instruments. And also, just like the just fact obsessed. that they were tuning them and it was like such like a, like, it doesn't matter if it's in space, it is still a, a slightly off tune. Yeah. Tune up. Oh, yeah, I tune up, guys. They can't afford that. It, that's fair. Or they hadn't played it in a while. I totally, oh, I mean, no. I was just yeah. so excited and it just kept going. And like, I don't know. That was just like, Oh, it was so powerful. That's why I think that's when like I was like excited about that. But then that's when I sort of like was leaning forward in my seat, just waiting because yeah. I was just like something bad's about to happen. Mm-hmm. And then B two emo yeah. falls over, and that's when I screamed. <laughs> I know, like, oh my poor baby. Yeah. Can I just I, say that like I heart Brasso so much now? Yeah. Like, God, I that's love that. Like when him, him and Cassian like they see each other, instant hug. Like, yeah, I liked that too. That was just so... you know, just like the family, that a community aspect affair yeah. is really like I feel like what made this series so strong is yeah. everyone knows each other. Like if you grow up in a small town, you know You're you grew up with, with these people. Yeah. I mean, it's and that I... theme of found family, which I know that's polarizing for some people, but that is like one of my favorite things about any Me too. Star show is I at the end of Bad Batch that's why we like Rebels. Rebels. <laughs> yeah, I like I end after finishing Rebels recently. I like every time I see that like any character, I'm just like family every single time, and that's the same. Yeah. I love this. This is probably my favorite theme is the found family one. It's like you find your family anywhere in the galaxy. It doesn't matter where you are. Yeah. And especially with this planet, I think Maggie mentioned it in her uh, review for the season finale that I, I think this is the most sense of community that we had had on a planet from all the different that we have had in Star Wars so far, because yeah, you can see all the customs and traditions and all, yeah, it, it makes you feel, even if it's just 12 episodes and maybe Ferris was just a bit of those, we we had the glimpse of that. I want to start a petition for them to change Batu to Ferrix. Oh, yes. Because um, I would much rather go, to, I love Batu, but I would much rather go to Ferrix because it feels so real. Like, yeah. the scope of it just felt like somewhere I have now bumped up to, like, right under Naboo. <laughs> Like I want to go to Naboo and I want to go to Ferrex. 
these are the two places I would like to go to. It just felt I mean, I liked so... Ferrix, but I don't want a vacation there. <laughs> I want to go to that planet with the cool theme song. That's where I want to go. Nymos. 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 <laughs> you want to go to what? Just go uh, to Miami. God. Space. South oh, no. of Liverpool. Spice South Miami. of Liverpool. <laughs> Blackpool. After Naboo, though. I'm right there with you with Naboo. Um, can we talk a little bit about um, what Namek said? Yes, let's his... talk about it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that yes. was. I can just one second. Literally, just put the. Oh, Thank it didn't you. let me put the whole thing. It didn't let me put the whole thing. Okay, but after. Okay, everything about this is going to be current because everything always sucks. Yeah. But it's been a. More stuff has happened, obviously, but like something that really like stuck out to me is. Oppression is the mask of fear. Yes. Yeah. Power doesn't panic. Power doesn't panic. Yeah. Power doesn't also, panic. I want to start a petition yeah. to have uh, all the whole manifesto to be recorded as an audiobook. <laughs> yes. By this. Okay. I'll do it. Might be five minutes long. <laughs> no, no, no. But it, it's longer, I think, isn't it? Or it must just... be longer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a whole little but book. Yeah. yeah. Tyranny a little audiobook. constant And effort. also, kudos to yes, that. Um, I retweeted a YouTube video where they did the, the voiceover with scenes from both Andor and Rogue One, like with oh. Cassian and Jean. So, yeah, it was beautiful. I really loved, like, what he said about there are whole army battalions that have no idea they've already enlisted in the cause. And that's clearly Ferrix. That's clearly yeah. all the local planets that we see in Rebels. Mm -hmm that rise up is that they're already fighting this without even knowing it. And yeah. the whole like theme of Andor is you can't just not take a side. You of can't. course not. And that was beautiful. Something that Maggie also mentioned in her review that you had everyone there. Good job, Maggie. Like at, at the Ferrex scene, you had the bad guys, the good guys, mm -hmm. but the one who's the medium part, guys, the medium guy. Yeah. <laughs> and neither. I mean, the one who sparked the fire, the violence, the chaos, whatever, was Marva's speech. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Their reaction, the immediate reaction of the Empire. And then everyone started fighting. And then you have this, uh, the son of Pat, who was the one who threw oh, the... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I was that like, was a great cold open. Yes. According I to Wikipedia, so he's 16 years old. So I, him. I, was, I was so upset. Because I was 100% convinced. I was like, we've just met him and he's gone. He's done. So I was <sighs> like pleasantly surprised um, that he wasn't. But I was just like, yes. Because sometimes this sounds really bad. I don't mean this in a bad way. But sometimes there are moments in Star Wars where they, they rely too much on. And this is more so with like Jedi characters or Sith. They rely too much on light versus dark and a character mm -hmm. gets to the very edge and then they're pulled back. I like to see the follow through, I guess those like morally gray characters more and see that a, a tr like just a true, like, I don't know, like a follow through like that, like the, like it worked. It didn't just, he didn't like, I don't know. It didn't get stopped. I don't know. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's just like more powerful. And he survived. He survived. Yeah, that yeah. too. 
I mean, I, that's the great thing about Ferrix is you see them. They take care of children. They take care of the elderly. Yeah. They all come Grasso together. was not letting anything happen to that kid. No, he was, like, nope. he was not. Yeah, Grasso I will throw you over my shoulder if I need to. Oh yeah, Brasso is. Brasso is bae. Brasso is bae. Yeah, he's like this man helped clean up uh, Marva's estate, took care of Beach. Right? Mm -hmm. The way the he funeral. talked to that droid. I couldn't like... consider it. <laughs> wow. Droids, okay. Going back to kind of what Molly was saying about this like light and dark and somebody gets pulled back at the last second. Um, oh my God. Okay. So I feel like when that happens, when somebody is about to do something quote unquote dark, but maybe necessary and they get pulled back and then they're like, no, cause you can't give into the dark. And I'm like, oh, if you gave into the dark just this once, we could have avoided 30 years of dark, but go off, I guess. <laughs> um, what I like about them not pulling him back and about him kind of living to see this mm -hmm is that in real life that is necessary you yes. can't if you sit back and go no i have to be a good person i have to be a good person i have to stay quote unquote on the side of the light fine but the other side is not thinking that way no of course so you can just, just sit here and be nice about it until which you're is being walked off what they're doing like with mon mothma's yeah, character in her arc um yeah which i really like because she's realizing that like idealism alone isn't going to help her and she's nope. realizing that you can't fix the system from within for next you know you can start off trying to fix it from within yeah. but ultimately to ultimately change something to bring it down she has to operate outside of those systems mm -hmm. and i just really liked that kind of slow burn we had uh, with her also, this season as she really starts to question her like values and like start to realize you know she's in it and she has yeah. to be in it and you have to make that, that decision yeah not just that but she sacrificed her husband and her, yep. and her, and daughter. her daughter yes yep. at least her relationship with them if not more yep i enjoy she... seeing that though i don't know even if it's like something it's yeah you know... because Mama, if you think about like what we think of her, what we see of her in the media that we know, Return of the Jedi, she's very brief, but she's this elegant woman in all white, being very like upset the Bothans died, you know? Yeah, many Bothans died to bring us this yeah. information. That's what I remember different. as a child being like, oh my gosh, she's so sad. Who are the Bothans? <laughs> and <laughs> what were and you paying we attention to as a kid? I don't even see the Bothans until I was better older. than me. I, I, was like, the I thought the line was many of our friends died. No, she said many, was Bothans, yeah, many Bothans many Bothans died to give us the she has, meme she many Bothans. <laughs> many of our friends died. Great. Very sad. Do Moving you know on. how many times I saw those freaking movies as a child? I, okay. Okay. Anyway, so we have this. We have a little scene in Rogue One. She's in. She's in Clone Wars. She's BFS with Bale and Padme. And we're like, oh, those guys Rebels. are cool. Rebels. Rebels. She's 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 fighting with Saul a little bit, but we're like we get it. But she's talked about like in this almost ethereal way. Like Leia admires mm -hmm. her so much. Mon Mothma had big like Galadriel vibes, like yes. this like yes. very yes. ethereal, very like wise. She just glides yeah. her whole yeah. thing like just but, this cold austerity. Ugh. But you feel like she's close to she's close. To, Leia thinks she's amazing, so we think she's amazing. Mm, that kind of thing. Yeah, but now we see her, and she's her hands are like blood on her mm. hand. She mm -hmm. is yeah. 
willing to give up her daughter to something that she feels is horrible, that ruined her life. And she's willing to sacrifice what little relationship she has with her husband to say, oh, no, you're gambling again. So and picking that. Fight, she knows yeah. And we got confirmation that, yeah, the it worked. We're, we're, we're investigating her. And yep. oh, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, her husband is gambling. No, she was very in trouble. And that um, her chauffeur driver, that's going to be I was just like, don't say anything. Don't say anything. Yes. But she wouldn't say but anything to parents. So that's I was scared. But no, she I was very scared. And I, I just think this is why last week I was like, I don't know if Perrin's all that bad. He's, here. He's getting yeah. ready to get framed for things he did not do. <laughs> yeah. No, no and, and it made sense because since it's a great war, the clearly, fact, they, the they did not that, survive the great war. The, the fact, fact that, that they didn't survive anything. Sorry. It's <laughs> okay. No, the fact that, I mean, it makes sense from the eyes of the Empire that, okay, her husband had trouble gambling so she had to go and marry her daughter to davos guy like to oh, cover yeah. the the debts also cover and... the money that's missing from the bank yeah that was also, the issue said that's what they were looking into her and, so... and davo they never explicitly said what this money was for mm -hmm. their whole conversation hinged on davo being like oh well i know your husband which is probably what originally mm -hmm. planted that little seed in yeah. Mon's head that she could use his obviously well-known gambling problem to cover up her money problems. He yeah, and it. and it goes back, I mean, to what Luthen said in his monologue a, a couple episodes uh, ago that it, you had to resort to the tools of the Empire. Yep. Like, like, don't do, like you said, do the right thing, do only good things or go the right way to do it. You have to do things that are not exactly right to pursue, to get to you what yeah. you need to do. Because the other yeah. side and doesn't have the same reservations that yeah. you do. And so mm -hmm. the, right then and there, the playing field is uneven. And it's just like him telling Young, like, you're in this to the grave. And Mon is so in this. Yep. There is yeah. no way out unless her only way yeah. is sacrificing her family. <laughs> I mean, she's down to do that, though. But I think, like, the whole point is, and this is something, I guess, like, it sometimes it strikes a little close to home, but I always wonder, how is it that you get people in the higher, like, upper echelon of people to care about something that they don't personally know necessarily, something as important as a rebellion or, like, care enough politically? Because, of course, you see politicians who... Uh, just sort of reverse their platform it's expected you know to gain more votes and mm -hmm. I just think it's so it's like it's just a I never thought of Leia like that I guess because we get her right away you know we get her right away re rebelling but it's just nice to see the comparison with Mon and everyone else around her um, just thinking it, that in depth and caring that much because I don't ever see it's it's really hard for me to comprehend that sometimes in any sort of uh revolution I guess that's the part that struck me as the most unrealistic about Andor for something that is fairly grounded in in what a revolution actually looks like is mm -hmm. I have never seen a politician who is not directly affected by the oppression 
take this much of an interest. And even if they do take an interest, yeah. it's never to the extent that Mon Mothma does. Mm-hmm. At least in my Could experience. It be? Could it be? Well, one, the Empire is closing its fist on her home, like slowly. Mm-hmm. Not probably as much because she's a core worlder. But it is happening. And also, Padme freaking died who she was very close to. So that's something personal, at least. Yeah, but she can... She can burn the Empire it. down. Padme's not coming back. Like, I th- do you know what I mean? Like, it, for her to take this much of an interest in, like, far out worlds getting their freedom, I like that. I like the way she's gone about it. But I think, and she doesn't even know that Darth Vader is the reason why Padme yeah. died. Right. I think they probably pieced it together that something happened <laughs> because the timing of everything is very mm-hmm. sad. I don't think anybody like, believed she died of a broken heart. I don't think no, or, or even that. Natural causes. Like, none of us believe it <laughs> because I mean the Jedi all get killed. She's known to be very close to all the Jedi, mm-hmm. and Pops is all of a sudden like everyone. And it's then, quite a coincidence. But like, and then yeah, Bail no, ends up with and then Bail ends up with this random kid out of nowhere. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's an, it's a war orphan. I don't. Padme was pregnant because no, they specifically thing, said Brea couldn't have kids, right? No, they, like, they everyone knows she's adopted. Yeah, they made it very open. Very open about a baby girl. Yeah. That's what they mentioned. But and but in Padme's um, autopsy, somehow they had it that she her children died with her. Yeah, that that's what uh, that's what Doctor Afra discovered and sent mm-hmm. by Darth Vader to find out that Padme really? hadn't died. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. So that was why, Afra. like, they very much that's showed cool. her stomach. They very much like it was all part of the plan. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the freaking probably funeral, Yoda yeah. thought of and it. Actually, actually, in Bloodline, <laughs> they mentioned when it revealed to the entire planet that Leia is daughter of Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. She receives a message from Mon Mothma, and it men- it is mentioned like she suspected, but yeah, that's, that's no, mention. that's yeah, that's good. I didn't even think of that angle. I guess I just, but I don't think that's enough of a reason for her to upend. No, yeah, no. So very I, comfortable I life. okay, so I think we could say I, this is like a fantastical version. That's hundred percent. Like this is very obvious. This is a fantasy of people yeah, being yeah, better than they agree. would be in reality. This is how, right. what we hope people would do. Yeah, it's what you right. want politicians. A good politician, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it is intended to be political anyway. So it's yeah. it's just, yeah. it's. I just was like struck by that, how it's just something I've never seen in real life mm-hmm. or portrayed, I guess. It's such a, it seems so selfless, but like, I don't know. I feel like we're all just very used to seeing well-intentioned politicians. I'm not yeah. even talking about the ones yep. who are messed up. Well-intentioned politicians standing there going, my God, the injustice. We have to do right. something. We have to, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to condemn this in the strongest possible terms. Mm. Okay, anyway, my tea time's Thoughts in 15 minutes. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. But she's like, thoughts and prayers. How about, I can't make a pun out of this, but here's some cash. Like, yeah, here's so all my cash. He's all my cash. more proactive than yeah. I, he's like, I am actually wealthy, so let me give money. Let me throw yeah, money so, at the cause. Yeah. Let me just like ruined what little relationship I left uh, had left with my husband. Just destroy that totally. Oh, here's my 13-year-old daughter to be a child bride to this but other is child. Is she 13? Because new key of New Year's. She's yeah. She's just so turning she, 13. 
I thought she was just turning 14. Well, just turning 14. Yeah, she's like, she's not quite there. The subtle realism of barely 14 year old Leda and definitely 14 year old future husband. And he looks at least five years younger than her because I, know, I don't know how many of us remember <laughs> being in middle school and all of the guys looked substantially younger than us, even though we were all in the same and that's grade. Like and how all old... of a sudden it leveled out in high school. It's like, Mom, do we all remember I love that they, they, they cast children, you know? I love that yeah. they, they cast actual oh, age because yeah. it makes you realize like how terrible that is. They're babies. And again, clap yeah. for Genevieve. That was a completely no dialogue scene. But yes. her face again... Just the horror so on her face. Yeah. Maybe I missed this, but at the end, when they're walking up to the family, Leda only looks at Mon Mothma, right? She doesn't look at her. Yeah. Dad. She yeah. does like a side eye. And you know she's happy about this. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. She's, 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 she's the only she person happy, in the room yeah. who's excited. I like, think it's because she just wants to get out of that family because Pierre and Mon are not a happy couple. She's you like, know, out. I was like, I do not like this girl. I would never speak to, it doesn't matter. I don't, I would never speak to my parents that way. And then I had to like, see that like, this is just typical behavior of someone that age. And I guess because I didn't do that, it didn't occur to me. So I was like, okay, yeah, I would want to escape that too, I guess. I mean, she's just yeah. going she's through 13. it. 13. I wasn't a 13 year old stupid. Big fan of Lita, yeah. to be quite honest. I know she's a kid, but like the scene that kind of won me over to her side was, um, her kind of getting in touch with her, I almost said Alderaan roots, uh, Chandrilla, and mm-hmm. having that little ceremony, um, and Mon Mothma watching, and I was just like, it kind of humanized Lita in a way. Um, I appreciated that little bit of characterization because I was just like, I cannot deal with another Meadow Soprano, and actually, I liked Meadow Soprano, so. <laughs> I just think it's interesting. I don't remember if I said this last week or just thought it, but um, when Mon tells Vel that these kinds of traditions survive more outside of Chandrilla than they do on Chandrilla, yeah, I just think it's very interesting because I have lamented this several times about how old school a lot of Iranian people my age feel here when they are not this old school over there. And- like they brought our parents and grandparents generations bullshit over here with them and they perpetuate it whereas over there they're like advancing with the times so i just think that was like another touch where i'm like yeah like you can absolutely draw that line to to the real i know you're probably thinking that the whole time because i think of all the parallels to like you know my like culture like rituals too although i guess ours would be reversed from that but like it's just like on my mind the whole time, which is great. Cause again, I love when Star Wars is so like deliberately political like that. Mm-hmm. It's so much more relatable, but yeah, 100% thinking that like along the same lines. Also, uh, now that you mentioned Vel, can I mention that I was a little bit happy that I, I expected to be honest that some of these characters don't, would be gone. Right. <sighs> This Same. finale? The they told, they told us. Yes. The they warned us. Live. The lesbians Everyone live. Lost they the I was so scared. I was like, Brasso. First lesbian Let's killing somebody oh, in Star Wars. Oh, that was such a great scene when she stabbed but him. It's, it's a freaking knife. Like, that is like a very intimate way to kill someone. Yeah. Since well, I just shows how, how, just, how deep gonna... she is into it and how, like, oh, yes. you know? I do not think... That woman and child from 
Um, Aldani survived yeah. being yeah. watched by her. On her way out, I do not That's, think. And, she and this is how I saw. Maybe I don't know. I feel like with she Imperial is, straight, she is cold. She is. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, and Vel, I think, is the one that kind of wavers. Sinta yeah, is but, laser Vale, Vale. The reason she wavers is because she is literally a rich girl who has family yeah. to go back to. She's she has a nothing. If all this fails, she can go back and be perfectly comfortable. Yeah, so yeah. it makes perfect sense why Santa is so like yeah, laser focused sense. and cold blooded. Yeah. Like this her is whole family was got. murdered. Oh yeah, I love her. Okay, speaking of another couple, but much more creepy. <laughs> Wait, I just yes, I, no. I really really <laughs> I I want to get into that, but I still really need to know what was up with the hats. Like same, I, okay. I was confused by that. Okay, yeah. Yeah. my mom has this theory. My Kong. mom has this theory. My partner that... just thought it was doofus and dingus, and I like. <laughs> I was like, "What? What is this? That was the biggest question I had because it was because so the, the sergeant still had that. What is it? Powell Moral? What? Is, what is? I keep forgetting the name of the those pre- the, the little runner cops. The ISB. Pre-Morlana. No, the oh, Pre-Morlana no. bunch. The right. Pre-Mor, Pre-Mor. Okay. On Morlana. Yeah, the, the Pre-Mor runner cops. It had the their logo cops. in it. So <laughs> my mom thought that it was him being like, here's your hat back since he got fired and he didn't get fired. And that they were like Wait. trading hats so that Cyril could feel like he was part of it again. Oh, I, I thought it was like that kind of They had different hats. I like that, that um, his hat. Cyril's buddy's hat, like after the switch. Cyril, but Cyril's buddy's hat, you know, looks like the typical, like, structured sort of hat that we see in Star Wars. And Cyril just has a straight-up baseball cap on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he, he should have it because he's the one with the space tie, so. I, mean, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, it tracks with the his most relatable uh, outfit. choices. Yeah. And so, the cereal, too. Like, he is very. Literally. He's got the cereal, the baseball cap. Yeah. Right, literally everyone. I feel like is they were like, "This is an American man." Yes, this is an American man doing bad things. I, I am surprised <laughs> that in an effort to like blend in with locals, he doesn't know very well. He didn't like turn the hat backwards. I know, right? I just, but the thing so is, he should know them because he lived there for a while. Did he? No, okay. he, yeah, he no. Never I thought he was there. on. No, he was on more Morlana. Yeah, yeah, pre Morlana. He came there to track down Cassian when they figured out he was on Ferrix. Okay, only there for like a I day. figured the systems were like, like continents maybe, and like the planets were similar. Different planets. Yeah, different planets. Not. Yeah, he was only there for like a day. Plus, yeah, he, he was only there long enough for type to like. Really Cassian spared research. his life. Cassian spared his life. I do not understand what this man is so determined to kill him. Know, like he, he like saved your bacon. I I okay I. So love his character though. I love him so much. I love Tyrion. I can't stand him. Oh my! God. I know. That's why I love him. I gotta give it to his baby boy. His baby boy. Baby boy. Do you guys remember the first three episodes? You guys were like, "He's a white guy," and I'm like, "He's creepy." Nobody, we were. He can be creepy and a little baby. A little baby. He can be a little baby fascist. Oh, I've never seen it, but I've never seen a character like that where you get maybe sort of. No, I still think he's different because it's not like he's a Sith or anything or like Dark Sider, but like you're getting the whole background too. And at one point, you almost feel empathy, like when the when I, I love his mom so much, his but mom? like when she's. I always cling on to like the mother characters, especially when they're like annoying like that because it's like, oh, like the overbearing mother right stereotype. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love <laughs> it. Uh, but it's like at one point I felt empathy for him, and then 
he's just like, oh yeah, he's creepy. But like, I don't know. It's so, no. it's so great to watch. No, I, don't, I don't like him as much Georgia? as I used to. I think I thought he had No, that's more totally fair. And he doesn't. I love because he's a little wimpy thing. I love that he's so pathetic. Yeah. I love. Yeah, I love that's, I love that's what I love. Just so pathetic. Yeah. When, he, when he stopped Deidre, that is when Deidre. I was like, throw the whole man away. That Do got too real to me. That he's oh, with the stalker. Okay, okay. Like, do we think Deidre's gonna to you survive? Or you know, uh, her partnership because it seems like they're kind. Of, she's and entering like this reluctant partnership with this creepy dude who might be able to help her out a little bit he did yeah. save her life and i'm just wondering if that's just going to come and bite her in the ass in season two i have to be honest at that point i was i mean we know her morals we know she was evil what yes but at certain point i felt bad when the they yeah. started like pulling like oh that's, that's I was bad. like he's I either bad. gonna save her or kill her uh, to that, answer sort of what you were saying Mac about it biting her in the ass in season two I think she's gonna kill him you, okay that oh, yeah, that's, yeah. I think she's gonna I, mean, I think at some point she's gonna kill he him gone. Like, she's I gonna use gone. him for him oh, yeah. as much as he can be useful to her and then once okay. he, that's done so he's done. see I like villains like that so that's what I'm hoping yes by the time this episode is live there'll be an article on Collider from Tony Yolroy talking about them uh, and he joked about it being like swiping right on Tinder. So I guess we'll see. <laughs> I guess we'll see. Okay, I like mean, swiping right saying. on Tinder, but for I was legal so reasons, um, that she's going to kill him part is totally separate from that sentiment. Thank you. I'm I just... was so worried that those two mm -hmm. were going to kiss, and I'm like, we didn't get a. Oh, I didn't want it. Oh, I know. Right. I was yeah, like, yeah, if we got the ashes kissing, I would have been so mad. I would have. I would have been. You know what freaks me out, and my my Rayla girlies will get it. Um, because she said, I feel like I should thank you. I'm like, if she kisses him after kiss saying that, we're going to get kiss of gratitude. I had the same thought. And I, was like, kissing. I was like, if Tony Gilroy does this, I'll know that he's making a commentary about Tross. Yeah. I'm like, I had my phone in my hand ready to start angry tweeting. And then she didn't kiss him. I'm like, great. I should put my phone back. That scene made me so deeply uncomfortable because the energy was just yeah. like, yeah, I don't even. I don't. I don't know if there's a word in the English dictionary that encompasses that the kind of energy because it wasn't cringe. cringe. It it wasn't even fully cringe. It was like something more than that. It was like yeah, it was because there cringe. there is a weird subtext to it. It's I mean it's like unsettling you know for sure. it's unsettling and there's a subtext to it because you know he's psycho and yep. she's psycho but different kinds of psycho and then like. She's like, why the heck are you here? Yeah, <laughs> like I told you to stay away from me, and you're here, but you saved me. And like, there's like so it was so deeply I'm weird settling. feeling. Earlier, so you said that like found yeah. family is one of your favorites, and for me, my yeah. favorite is when the villain gets out villained by another villain, and it's even <laughs> like I one. love it. Oh I God. love it. That's such a good one. Uh, okay, either she shoots him, or they both get killed at the same time, and she's like, I cannot believe. You're the reason I died. Yeah. She'll, she'll take and him that's out. That's a maybe, bigger uh... problem to her. She shoots just... him when he asks her to have dinner with his mom. <laughs> I mean, I want to see. I like, want. Okay, the line the is only, drawn okay. there. And the uncle, She's hear me out. He's not the only reason. <laughs> the only reason I want there to be something more between them is simply because <laughs> I want Deidre to have to sit through dinner with oh his mother, God. or better yet, <laughs> breakfast after. 
<laughs> with oh, his mother. <laughs> the uncomfortable <laughs> levels that we'll get from that is like as much is right there. <laughs> and this is like it, picture that. I feel like I feel like to play with some like weird complexes there. I feel like his mother funny. and her would absolutely match each other in this role cutting him down in the way that I'm like, why well, that could be why he's uh, No wonder that's... he's drawn to her. Oh. Exactly. Yeah, maybe. Mommy issues. Oh, boy. I feel, oh like Deidre, okay. I feel like that guy who was helping her, I kept, I didn't know what his name was, but I, I felt like the he one was that got her... shanked? Yeah, his her Corf, little helper. Corf. Okay, Corf. yeah. 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 Um, I think maybe Cyril will kind of fill in for him a little bit. A little henchman? Two. Yeah, he would kind totally of, be kind a of, yeah. super yeah. willing henchman. Yes, to, because he wants her to get him, you know, where he needs to be too, and he thinks she. Can and then do she that. can send him away and be like, "I'm sending you on a very important mission." Yes. And then <laughs> who cereal? Oh, and his I ego will just burst. Yeah, Candace, yes. she's she's sending him out for cereal. Yeah, just <laughs> getting rid of him. Cereal, cereal. Okay, yeah. can we get a palate cleanser and talk about Bix? Oh, oh yeah, baby, baby, baby. I'm glad she made it out as well. I'm so happy. But I'm it so was proud. so moving when the Martian voice was going, and they were reciting the stones, uh, the, the the words, and she was there as well. Even with all the, we've seen the torture effect on her, but she's she was still there, present at the at the funeral. She's so strong, she like it. you oh know, strong willed. Yeah. Yeah. And we weren't sure how she would feel about Cassian after everything she went through. Yeah. But that last scene where she's like, he'll find us. Yeah. And it's so hopeful. Fun. I know. That she had like this hope. And I think it was very fitting that Cassian used his mother's funeral as a way to save Bix, because obviously like, her and Bix were very close. So it was just I thought that was hilarious. Hilarious. succeeded. Yeah. I didn't yeah. expect that to succeed. Every this episode is it was just so full of me like thinking the obvious and not getting that because I'm so used to like the status quo of Star Wars. So I was so, I cannot describe like the elation. I felt that they made it. I just was, I kept, I was just ready for something to go terribly wrong. No, don't say that. I'm going to take it for now. Don't say that. has to lose everything by Aww. Rogue One. Just saying that. And what, the only person who died on Ferrex was what, Zahn? Yeah. That we know. That's yeah, the name, know. at least. Yeah. And Most... and the guy who who cheated him who ratted them oh, out. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, Nurti? Mix? Yeah. Nurti. I, was, I yeah. was even worried about the Anvil guy, to be honest. But I love yeah, that. But he just kicked he that this moment. This is Ferrex. Like, this is a Sparta. <laughs> This is yeah, I love that. <laughs> this is harder. Just throwing him off the tower, yes. which again, no great. handrails. That was but you don't need uh, handrails if you're a professional. That was great. In theory, he doesn't need handrails because he's the only guy up there. Yeah. Yep. But I also found interesting that um, how the I mean, Lucy, Cinta, and Bill were basically there because they wanted to kill Cassian. Yeah. To protect themselves, yeah. whereas the Amber, I mean, we see that um didra she want like she insists like we want to catch him alive because it was help to help his interests of fine access 
Oh, what was really interesting was um, I, I was on Rogue Fun with Alice, and she's like, the only one he knows who is actually after him that is there is Luthen. He doesn't yeah. really understand to the point how much the Imperials actually want him. Good point. And he has no idea who Cyril Karn is. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he's like everyone's heard of me with his face, and he has no idea who Cyril is. Yeah, like, yeah like, the I've fact that he spared his life in the first what second episode. Can but I yeah, but that was like Tuesday for Cassian. Yeah, you know? exactly. exactly. Can I geek out about a camera angle thing for a second? Yes. yes. Was it, is it the wide so, shot? It's the wide no, shot over it, the town. Um, so yeah. I'm obsessed with the 180 degree line. And for those who don't know what the 180 yes. degree line is listening is it's the imaginary line drawn on a camera so that when you're doing like a shot and a reverse shot, it's clear who's standing where and like who's looking at oh. who. So, and like, you know, if, if somebody's walking left to right and then you jump on the other side of the line, then somebody walking left to right would actually be going the other way. So most of the time, the camera will stay on one side of this invisible 180 degree line. So with that in mind, Dedra and her buddy are walking down the stairs and Dedra's eyes cheat to the right. The next shot is Cinta on the right side of the screen peering around a corner. So with the way that is shot, it looks like Dedra is watching. Mm. Then the camera cuts again and you realize Cinta is actually watching Dedra and not the other. Oh. Dedra. And not the other way around. And I thought that was <laughs> such a cool camera trick because yeah. in those like 10 seconds it's like who is the hunter and who is the hunted mm-hmm. and i thought that was, was great such a cool camera moment this is why i need y'all because like i didn't know any of that and i just sort of like noticed that something stuck with me and that there's the reason why i guess it was like such that. a smartly done tool kind of goes the line it kind of goes with like what clem says it's like people don't look down to where they should People yeah. aren't looking yeah. where they should. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's and in this it. case, they should have been looking up. Yeah. Did yeah. Andor walk right past Deidre? Or he He's watched. Like, he literally, they are all passing yes. within a couple feet like, of each other, and nobody is clocking. Something, it. I can't remember who exactly it was, but I was like, it, maybe it was Andor and Luthen, but there was at one point where like they were literally, and it was before the end scene, it was before they conf- uh, Andor confronted him on the ship. But I, it looked like they were literally like just inches away from each other at one point. There was, was another like, really good fake out they did too, where yeah. he went up the hole, and then shortly yeah. thereafter, Deidre and her people came. But then it made it clear that they were looking up a hole on like the opposite side of the street mm-hmm. and not the one that he was up. Oh my god, that yeah. was so. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just over, added right? to the tension and to the yes. man. It was just perfect. Also, it's can really we talk well about the fact that we got the third climb? Yep. Yes. And yes. as we know, climb tends to come before bad things happen. So the fact that he said to climb to that, he said to the the ship full of all of his loved ones, this climb. Oh, he has to lose everything. That'll be fine. good news. Uh, good news. Alex- Nobody's gonna die off camera in like the year gap between. So yeah. like. My yeah, partner thought there was like a bomb on the on in the droid or something. He's like, for a minute, I thought off, it's gonna explode. It's gonna explode. Yes, I, was I so thought for a minute that it was did. gonna start pulling up and then. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was like, oh, oh my god, no! I was we're like, is this like a cross moment? Like, who's the Chewbacca? No, but here? If, I just, if it blew and up, they literally warned us not to get attached to anyone. Yeah, 
I get attached. That's to why I thought they were Same. gonna be gone. Some of them, but but that's great because like okay, we have Woman, the the teenager who threw the bomb, him having to live with his um, actions, and then we have Biggs having to live through this horrific torture. Which we never see the ramifications really of that in Star mm -hmm. Wars, even though no. the Imperials no. do it all the freaking time. Not even they just on Leia. Toss it away. Yeah, well, Leia, we can kind of, kind say, of bloodline. Yeah, she mentions something. We that, can, yeah, we can almost wave that away and be like, mm -hmm. she has the Force, even though obviously George didn't know that at that point. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, Poe gets tortured by Kylo Ren. And he's was a little a, yeah. sweaty afterwards. Naming fans. That's like that, that's what they used to do when they were kids. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm and convinced he's... that Poe and Ben Solo went to each other's birthday parties when they were really small. Yeah. Because they had to. <laughs> yeah, because their parents are friends. Yeah. Can you imagine? You weren't friends with them. And you can't tell me. You cannot tell me Poe Dameron was not a little bully. Yeah. Can you imagine he was Paul, very popular uh, and Ben was all awkward? Jason Sindula and Poe and Jason were hanging out and Ben's like tailing behind them. Yeah, like, I want to play, play with you guys. Too. No, a kid, a baby. Okay. I love our head cannons. But okay, it's that canon. Jason, bringing up Jason. We think about Hera's torture at the end of Rebels, and, and it was played it. literally for laughs because she's drugged. But then you realize she was flipping pregnant during that time. Oh, what a God. sentence that was. Just and worse and worse. It's yeah. just a very horrific thing to think about in hindsight. Very. But she's drugged and is played for laughs like she's drunk, like talking to Kanan. And right. then he dies. But well. we don't get any uh, ramifications of her torture. He <laughs> Thank you for making me We sad. get the ramifications of like... Again. Yeah. The love of her life dying yet. I still have to finish fuck. Rebels. <laughs> there's, no personal, there's no personal like okay. ramifications yeah. for Hera. Like uh, yeah. mentally. Yeah. Han and Chewbacca and Leia get tortured in Empire. They're fine though. They throw it off. Uh, it's like now yeah. yeah. like, I could do that. Like he got a little fried. He got a little like, frazzled. Getting you know, a tattoo I lost his sight mm -hmm. for a while. That makes me think yeah. that these other I mean I, it could either be that just they didn't put the thought into it. But it could also be that this was a lot of like torture for show. Yeah. Whereas like Deidre torturing Bix is like, like I don't actually care whether or not I get information. I'm just going to make her suffer for it. But yeah. I thought it was to find out who Axis is. Oh, it was, right. Yeah. yeah. But either way, even if she's like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, Deidre's like, at this point, I've just made it my mission to break this girl. I mean, she just doesn't. But if care. you think about Hera is also information. You get, but it's Thrawn torturing her, yeah. right? It's no, it's the the woman. Price I hope when I need her. Ugh, yes, I hate Price. her. Thank you, Commander Price. Price. And Price does not seem to me quite as psychotic as Deidre. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Rewatch Rebels. Better hair. Deidre's hair is better, but he's yeah, psychotic yeah. as a psychotic as a children's TV show will allow her to be psychotic. To be honest, let's just be. But um, really, yeah, no, she it's she punches Sabine, a child, in the face. I mean, <laughs> the child was in a way like oh, ours is canceled again. Ours is canceled again. I just I don't think I don't think punching somebody 
in an action sci-fi thing psychotic behavior do you know what i mean i'm cutting this part out and just leaving i'm being being censored i see how it is free speech at least in clone wars there's one scene where like a jedi is being tortured and grievous just goes overboard and they're like he's dead now yeah oh my god that's one pretty serious oh no it was cad bane it was cad bane cad bane's like cad bane oops Oops. Tortured him to death. <laughs> it was like that Greedo looking uh Rodian, Rodian Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so. It was the one where he's trying to find the Hall Crown with the yeah. kids' names <laughs> to to capture children that Palpatine mm. will torture. Oops. You know? Brainwash. Child torture to, you know. Well, Arzu's fine with that. If those children were in That's not way, what I said. Arzu <laughs> supports child torture. <laughs> He's pro. Leave this I feel like if the 17 year old <laughs> is old enough to be planting bombs around your facility, then them get, or whatever, getting punched in the face is maybe like a kind of F around and find out kind of thing. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Honestly, Sabine might have been like 18, 19 by that point. But you know, yeah. Her, so just, oh, so she's an adult. I was like, how yeah. old is everybody? Yeah, she she yeah. might have been oh, coming. Arzu is uncancelled. Yeah. Except yeah, are because... now are you encouraging, you know, torturing women? Torture? Women? Yeah. Oh. Arzu. Wow, Arzu, do you get dunked on like this in every episode? <laughs> no, of... this is. This is a new thing. I'm getting dragged for my objectively correct opinions <laughs> about and torture. 18. Yeah. I said, okay, she's like, like a day older. Yeah, so <laughs> therefore it's fine to punch her. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Hopefully we'll see the aftermath of what happened to the survivors of Barracks. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah. that's not something we get much in Star Wars. And Yeah. And talking about about that, um, I was surprised that we heard about the Anto Krieger thing, the aftermath from the point of view oh, of yeah. the Empire. But yes. I was a little bit surprised that we didn't hear anything about the Narkina Five thing. The 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 yeah the aftermath yeah. of the yeah yeah like what happened. I don't know if yeah. yeah maybe it was considered like internal thing or yeah, but that surprised me a little bit. Yeah. I, I can maybe it hasn't gone there yet. Yeah. yeah, 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 and maybe they're just. Gonna I think it it's since you pointed that out. Now that I think about it, I'm sure that there's some intention behind mm. it not coming back. Like it's something that you know. Sometimes we assume that, like the hats, maybe we'll find out more. No, <laughs> but like <laughs> there's things that you think will continue, and then they don't. But I'm sure that there's going to be some callback to it. Um, but yeah, that's a good point. Okay. This actually ties into the point I wanted to make off the top that I forgot what it was. So <laughs> one thing I really liked about this finale is it wasn't like other Star Wars show finales where it was like, let's bring in all the big guns to the live action shows, I should say. Like, <clears throat> let's bring in all the big guns for this level of fanfare that we haven't hit before this like very much felt like a natural culmination to the last Absolutely. 11 episodes yeah. and, like, that is correct yeah. was very similar 
And it wasn't like like Luke Skywalker didn't show up. Like you know what I mean? Like it didn't. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't something. Else. Baby, so like, I'm not gonna baby, lie. Maybe like, Grogu was like, gonna. Grogu appear. didn't pop up. Like none of that. So Ahsoka. I was, yeah. With that so in mind, then worried. like all of this stuff kind of left hanging, like Narkina Five and the sister and all of that. Like given the tonal connection that this finale made to the rest of the season, gives me confidence that season two will pick up on these threads. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah, no, yeah. I I totally agree. And of course, since I think it was been it has been told that it's going to cover the re- the following four years, right after up Correct. to up to Rogue One. Each so three episode arc will be one whole year. Oh, oh for season so, two, you mean? Mm-hmm. Oh wow. So, okay, so is season two gonna like lead up to Rogue One, or will they have directly to the? Yeah. No. Ah, so oh my god. Two seasons, okay. so it'll. You have 12 episodes and each episode, each arc will have three episodes and a same writer, same director for those mm-hmm. arcs. So you have that little, that unity like movie. Mini movie. and then it'll lead up right to the beginning of Rogue One. I yeah, love that structure. I really do. To I, hope, I hope after every three episodes, we see the Death Star a little bit more complete. Oh my God. Oh, that'd be that'd so be because I love that. that. Because that's what we're seeing at the intro of every episode of Andor, that ominous thing. So I I want that. Like I love the way that you call that an hourglass. I want to see those sands yeah. slipping through. So we know that's connected to him, and just and I just love that yeah. he he was part of making that. That just makes it even more beautiful. Like mm-hmm. yeah, and of sad. course, beautifully. I, sad. I would I would think that since his getting into the, becoming part of the rebellion we would have more references i think it was mentioned that javin is go- was gonna be part of it yep. but at the same time i really like how it's self-contained the story of this main characters is so also, we know from we know andor is like the spy he works alone so we don't have to worry about like it getting too intertwined with like yeah. other characters. I wouldn't mind just seeing like we did in Rogue One Chopper rolling in the background. Yeah. That's it. That's all. I, I don't do want like anything more hope. than that. I, I mean, do have secret hopes for since we were talking about Poe Dameron earlier. Like I would love some allusion to like his mom. Yeah. Chara. Yeah. Would, well I'd be okay with that, I think. We've never seen them. And we've never seen them before. Yeah. So they would technically be like new characters just tied to a character that exists. And I think that's the kind of connections that like I'm okay with with the show. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Like, it strengthens it without being like, ha, ta-da, look at this. Mm-hmm. Look yeah. what we got but, you. It's, yeah. And yeah. It's just like they yeah. how they did your Lauren. Your Lauren was a subtle yeah. cameo. If you knew, you knew. If you didn't, he still gave you exposition that you needed. Yeah. He moved mm-hmm. the episode forward. He didn't stop it in its tracks. Like maybe some other cameos and other yeah. things. And for example, even yeah. So Guerrera, I felt that they delivered really naturally I because I don't mm-hmm. at first it's like, yes. wait a minute. So in some way, So Guerrera. And like the same way that we can do Bale. Yes. All we oh, need I is want like Bale a scene between, so much. All we need is a scene between him and Mon Mothma. It, it's not That's like it. a, it's not a stretch. We're yes. not like, we're not bringing Luke Skywalker in to save the day out of absolutely freaking nowhere. I mean, I liked it. Don't get me wrong. I talked about liking it. I'm not taking that back. But I'm just yeah, saying it's, it's different. Yeah. And like, yes. and that's why like the idea for me of like I would love to see the the Dameron connection there. All you have to do is use their first names. You don't even have to say their last name. And yeah. the people who know know, and the people who don't get to learn. And it doesn't like 
hurt them in any way. It doesn't frustrate them for not making that connection. Also, give and me a rest for them to be. It makes sense for them to be in Yavin. Yeah, yeah, hundred so, percent. Yeah. As soon as also, I saw that, I was like, yeah. "Please." Also, <laughs> just to make every live action have Tamara Morrison, just give me a Rex. Just a cameo. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. a cameo. Yeah. Just I would be so yeah. happy. I'd be okay with that too. I always forget that like we've already met Mon Mothma like in multiple iterations of like different Star Wars stories because yeah. of just how mm-hmm. um, she is in the show because she's actually getting a full backstory arc and personality. Like, yeah personality because she's so cold usually i'm like i got my red-haired character but i cannot relate in any way to her but like i mean it's usually i mean it's just like i just forget that and i love that you get that they gave her her soul yeah yo thanks a lot actually i take back my yeah (laughs) that was a layered a layered thing maggie (laughs) but yeah we laughed don't lie we even (laughs) saw also in rebels which was great it was it made sense there too. So, yeah. if we're that's getting all I to- want from from appearances. I want them to make sense and yes. not be characters that could be interchanged with literally any other character. That is correct. Yeah. And I think that's the strength of making Andor, even though it's named after Cassian Andor, making it such an ensemble thing with like all of these threads moving independently of Cassian is that you can bring these in to something that doesn't necessarily overlap with him. And and it makes sense. Like he never has to meet Sagarera before Rogue One, and he that's just knows of him. He yeah. like, knows who he is. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's well. That's why I like it. It's because like oh, you're yeah. getting, you're not just getting a character thrown in for no reason. You're, just, I mean, there's like everything had intention. Like that's why I love this show so much. I'm not gonna uh, sugarcoat it. I did not want this show. I would love Diego Luna, but like I, I, I was like, this is not a show for me. And it did not feel personal, probably because I just had a different outlook on Rogue One. So I had to revisit Rogue One first beforehand and was like, no, wait, I actually should have watched this more a long time ago instead of just once in theaters. But I ended this show going, oh, my gosh, like, well, now this is just tied for first place with, like, these other shows I love. Like, it's just that's how well done this was. Like, yeah, uh, it, I agree. I guess, converted me. It just so happy welcome welcome yeah. to the rebellion molly yes here i am no i mean it's like <laughs> it's also like, I'm, a, I'm okay watching episodes again i don't know it's kind of it's one of the first projects that didn't really have nostalgia tied to Probably, it because it's yeah. such a mm-hmm. recent yeah. thing yeah well, yeah we can say the mandalorian den is an original character but mandalorians are ingrained mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the star wars things for decades yeah. Plus, we got freaking baby Yoda in there. Mm-hmm. Who looks just like a baby version of one of the most famous movie characters of all time. Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. I mean, you said it, baby Yoda. Like, that's. Yeah. 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 So, this is. The, and then Book of Boba Fett. Boba Fett. And then, like, you know, the fact that you know that Jon Favreau wanted to do a Boba Fett t- TV show and they didn't initially want to do that. And that's why he got The Mandalorian. That's Which so I'm actually really glad about because I didn't like so glad until Robert Rodriguez got his hands on him. But yeah, so it was a Mandal it was a Mandalorian who happened to be a bounty hunter. I've seen this movie before, right? <laughs> like, yeah, I think I've seen this movie before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That's, that's a good point. It doesn't it doesn't rely on nostalgia, and that's what I want from the Star Wars. One. Yeah, and like, tonally, yeah. it's just more mature than unless it's done in the way that like Kenobi is done, where that is, I feel more 
like we're closing gaps that we really, I mean, the prequels are my favorite. There's so many holes. There's like, I was like, there's more story. Like you can get more from that. I felt like it was for me, like those were the, as everyone here, like those were the ones that like the coming of age, like movies, uh, at least for me, like I experienced those during, you know, early tween teen years. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, not not the first, not the first two, but like. (laughs) But we're prequel kids here. Like we, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Obi-Wan all like hit some kind of like, like serotonin in her brain yeah and because of our childhood you know but that's why i like that and also because you're starting with a character that you know so well and getting all these new ones but i think that's why andor just it's just so well done i mean this is one that i recommended to my dad who you know cannot retain any star wars information whatsoever no matter how many times he might have seen the films this is one that i absolutely recommend i was like wait for it to finish and then you need to watch it because it's got it just doesn't it doesn't feel like star wars and i like that in a star wars movie or show or whatever sometimes it's a nice the thing is it felt like a star wars to me it just didn't yeah it was still it was just a different way of telling the story like seeing those yeah, seeing those like the stormtroopers on like the speeders, I had a moment like in this finale. Like, <laughs> Star Wars is real; it's right there, it's right there. So yeah, yeah felt, I mean, it just it just was a different way, and I love that we're getting like we're getting more visions, a different a different way to see Star Wars. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and actually, not only like you said, and not from Cassian only, we see from other characters for Mon Mothma for Sagarera. But other characters that perhaps we didn't know from original trilogy and, and other um, media, but like Luthen, like Cinta, Vale, and Biggs and Didra. So it was it was nice to have a puzzle, like the missing puzzle for the story yeah. of, of of the rebellion itself. I didn't like, know I wanted that. Yeah, because before I would think of, oh, the rebellion is something organized that is fighting the empire. But there was a time no. <laughs> when they were in shambles and Air Force mm-hmm. here, there, and everywhere. And I, did, I think this year, and I've said it before, that it was fantastic to see all across media to have that kind of prequel from, from different stories, from different media, from Game of Thrones, from uh, Lord of the Rings, and also... The prequels itself, the prequels and the original trilogy, we had the missing puzzle of, that was Obi Wan Kenobi. But all, that was this is all prequels content. I just realized, yeah. <laughs> like, good. I didn't make that connection. Maybe that's why I like it. I don't know. Yeah. I just, I really, really like. I'm pleasantly surprised. Like, yes, gen- same. Genuinely looking forward to the next season. And I know, I know how everyone feels about Mando. I probably have a different perspective because it came out while I was working at Disney store and was being bombarded with nonstop Grogu merchandise. And <laughs> I Where's just, the baby Yoda? Oh my God. You're going to ruin Christmas, Molly, if you don't have baby three Yoda for that. me. That, I mean, I'm <laughs> three months of that. It just destroyed this character. Anyway, anyway. So with Mando, I easily forget things and don't feel inclined to rewatch episodes. And I want that to change. But with Andor, it's like, I don't, I just, kind of the same with Bad Batch. I was like, I went into it thinking, why am I watching this? And ended with, I want to watch it again. <laughs> I want more. Mm-hmm. So 
yeah, it just, I became attached to the characters and that's, that's what you want from good, like not because of like one dimensional characters you're attached because the story and the writing is so good. And the acting, of course, <laughs> sorry. No, it's <laughs> okay. like a tangent. No, good. All right. So I guess that got us kicked off on final thoughts on the season. It's a dark horse of this uh, seasons of uh, primetime drama series. That's what I think, because it was really good. It was a prison surprise. So, yeah, um, really. Yeah. I loved it. I, I felt I like I, you know, went into it with kind of, I'm not going to say like, lower expectations because I had a different sort of relationship with Rogue One and um, I didn't gain an appreciation for it until kind of recently before Andor and so I was kind of in the same boat where I was just like I don't know if this is necessary and I haven't connected with the Mandalorian and Boba the way that other fans have and so I was like I'm I was like okay I'm gonna just prepare myself for that Andor is kind of going to be the same and it just wasn't and I was so relieved and happy and joyous that like it was just it was a great story for me and um I ended the season on a very high note and I can't wait for season two I think of this group of people I am probably the biggest Rogue One fan um here because I've watched maybe like over 300 and I think I think the last time I counted it was like somewhere around 360 ish times um not including the six times i saw it in theaters um, wow <laughs> so you so, like one a little bit just a <laughs> yeah, little bit just a little bit um i've always said that i was very much not on board for getting another streaming service particularly disney um until they announced the cassian andor series and then i gave disney all my money mm-hmm. um I like the first thing they announced was the Mandalorian and I thought it was going to be about Boba Fett because that's the only Mandalorian that like I had any real right. like knowledge of that mm-hmm. would be like oh a series and so I was like mm, not interested and then like Cassian Andor I gave him my money I was like I'm cannot wait for this this is four years ago now this is like it's it's been so long since that was announced mm-hmm. so I came into this series with the highest of expectations I, cause like I, I was pretty confident that Tony Gilroy was going to knock it out of the park because I unironically like the Jason Bourne movies. I like Michael Clayton. I know I have the taste of a 50 year old man. It's fine. Or my um, <laughs> I was like, I'm just confident. I'm confident this is going to be good. The director slate was fantastic. The writer slate was fantastic. And then you have Diego Luna at the heart of it, who I just like adore to bits. And I think he is so incredibly talented. And Genuinely. I like, I knew this was going to be good. I knew this was going to be good from the start. I didn't realize how good it was going to be. Like Rogue One continuously, no matter how many times I've watched it, continues to blow me away. And this show does the same thing to like such a higher extent. And I also like just like on a personal note, I never thought that I'd be in a position because four years ago when this was announced, I was simply a fan on, on Twitter. I never thought I'd be in the position where I get like paid to write about Star Wars and I never thought I'd be in a position where, like, the people who make the show read my reviews. And, like, so that changed my entire, like, relationship with the show on, like, a completely, like, very personal level where I was, like, this felt like a full circle moment because, like, Rogue One, like, unironically saved my life with, like, just the way that it inspired me in new ways and made me push harder and, like, changed my mind on a lot of things and, like, who I am as a person. 
And so like having that has just been like, like a like full circle. Um, and it's just like, I don't know. I've never had a Star Wars movie that like grabbed me by the throat uh, and then have a TV show that grabbed me by the throat. And then also, just because I, I'm still bragging about it, Diego Luna followed me on Twitter yesterday. <laughs> yeah, you're mutual. No, okay. <laughs> so that made me happy. That, I mean, oh. if you had told me in 2016, uh, watching Rogue One like, in a couple of weeks, never would have thought it would happen. You got a full package. Can't, can't oh. wait to slide into his demons and be like, so when are you making another? Uh, so where are you on high? Uh, yes. yes, please ask him about Havana Nights too. Havana Nights. This time with more dirty dancing. <laughs> Yes. But yeah, so that's just me being my sappiness. I, I love this. And it makes me happy to hear people coming to the Rogue One side because I think Rogue One is the best Star Wars movie we've got. I'm definitely going to watch, watch it, it, actually. Uh, I want to rewatch it again. Have you not seen it, Matt? Yeah. No, I've seen it uh, once and then I watched a little bit of it. Um, but I want to watch yeah. it again because I just I feel like I'm going to have way more of an appreciation for it. Yes. And like I can't Probably. wait. I'm actually really excited to watch it. Candace, do you have final thoughts? Oh, loved it. Short and sweet. Short and sweet to the point. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that don't. I mean, don't apologize, Maggie, because it's like I hear we that. Don't apologize of... for feelings here. That's yeah, cool. yeah, but also like it's nice to hear what I said by full package. I mean, every sort of like output of that. Rogue One and then the related show and everything like that. I'm so used to hearing that about the original trilogy that I like hearing it about something else. Like, if that makes sense. It's mm -hmm. yeah. It always, it always makes me laugh when I hear people be like, um, oh, I hate all of the Disney movies. Oh, but I really liked Rogue One. And I'm like, it is yeah. a Disney movie. It's a Disney movie. That is, we had so much merchandise. Like, I cannot tell you how Disney that movie is. Like, it's so <laughs> Disney. Yeah. Very. Yeah. I mean, as for me, I have a bit of a, I enjoyed the show and the show is very well made. I have a bit of a hard time losing myself in it because the revolution in Iran and this show started within a week of each other. The so timing. mentally I was just somewhere else for the entire run mm -hmm. of this show. But I think it also made me appreciate in real time how realistic the beats they're hitting are and how applicable it is to modern day tearing down the fascists and i can only hope that uh real world causes are equally as successful as the rebellion is agreed i mean yeah. that's the timing of it like that's what i pretty much the thought that i had the entire time too and was like oh my gosh this unintentional like timing in parallel like it's that makes complete sense how the show would resonate with you differently because like if that. this had come out five years from now, I would have been like, oh, I see where they drew a lot of inspiration from. But the fact that this was made two years ago right. and is so apt to something happening in real time while the show is airing blows my mind. But then it also made it very hard to like immerse because it all felt very real. It that actually was like makes one. it kind of, it makes it very kind of sad because it's, History is repeating constantly. Mm -hmm. And we're mm -hmm. seeing these kind of things over and over again. Like it's a circle. And people yeah. always have to do this. And you, if you think about around the time when this was being written and created, you can really see a lot of things, you know, that could have inspired yeah. it. But you can also yeah. see things that happened decades ago that could have inspired it, too. Yeah. yeah. And 
five years from now, something's probably going to be happening that will make us think, yeah, Andor, just like that. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Rogue One was like that because it felt like there were so many parallels to the very dark direction that the United States was headed in because the election had just happened and we knew that right. in a month Trump would become president. And so I, I, I remember so distinctly feeling like it's going to take people who are willing to sacrifice their lives to change where we were headed. And it's like, how did they, they didn't know this. They wrote this like two years beforehand and then it got rewritten like mm -hmm. on the day and then they rewrote it. And it's like, they had no clue. And then it happened again with Andor that they had no clue how relevant. Yeah what they were creating is. And it is, I think those are the two Star Wars, like with the exception of The Last Jedi, which has a lot of the same kind of themes. And even though like Ryan wasn't, like was writing it before, like right at the end of The Force Awakens when that happened, but like he still somehow managed to work in like the real world aspects of things with some of the things characters said. But I feel like Rogue One and Andor are the most connected to reality Star Wars has been since the prequels. Like finger on the pulse kind of thing right on it yeah um just last thought mm -hmm. just really quick uh election day happened with everyone's like favorite episode most impactful and for me it became the least impactful because i watched it without absorbing anything because my mind was elsewhere so it's like really funny how i mean the timing of this show mm -hmm. it's like how how did and it was on tuesday too like i just i just i don't know it's just I'm always going to remember that I think <laughs> it's just so impactful and there's like a, this unintentional parallel that I'm just like oh my gosh so that's, I my, hope that's my final thought my sentiment for this before we social media it social media it is I hope that the parallels and the sentiment by the time we're showing this to future generations is like a reflection of what was rather that. than what is still happening I like that to be the case mm -hmm. Fingers crossed. So with that in mind, Candace, where can everyone find you online? The best place to find me is so far on Twitter, I guess, still. Candace is a geek. And you can find me also in Hive there and Tumblr and a few other places. And please follow our YouTube, The Geeky Waffle. Just hit a million, y'all. Yeah. A, a million, million views. A million subscribers. Someday. 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 You'll get there. Maggie. You can find me still on Twitter at Maggie of the Town, and I'm also over on the Hive at Maggie of the Town as well. You can also find me on Tumblr at Maggie of the Town, uh, and then I have a link to my bio on Twitter, so you can find all my other various things and um, go read one of my like 50 and/or articles I've written. I've written so much. Norhal, uh, you can all find me on Twitter, Tumblr, Hive at Norhal, Instagram at Norhal Music, and check my YouTube channel, Nor-Hall as well. Molly? Uh, you can find me, well, like Maggie said, you can uh, go to my link tree. I'm still present on Twitter at Darth Molly, spelled M-A-U-L-L-I-E. Uh, but I am also splitting my time over with Hive and trying my best to be on Instagram. So it's pretty much consistent, but yeah, it's in my link tree too. And Mac? Hey, so you can find me at uh, macthemuser.com, and that's Mac spelled M-A-C-K. It's just macthemuser.com. And uh, you can also find me under a bunch of just different social medias, Mac the Muser. I'm on Twitter. I don't use it that much anymore, but I'm 
using Hive and TikTok a little bit more. So, yes, Mac the Muser. And as for me, you can find me on Twitter at Arzu Amin. I'm Arzu D2 on Instagram, Tumblr, and Hive. Um, Network-wise, we are on Twitter at Geeky underscore Waffle. We are the Geeky Waffle everywhere else. So Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Tumblr, right? We have a Tumblr? Do we have a Hive account? No. Not yet. Okay. We're not on Hive yet, but I imagine if Twitter goes down, we probably will be. But I need a... You can only do one at a time, so I'm going to put that on my iPad instead. Fair I'll enough. Figure it but out. We're not on Hive yet, but may- eventually. Um, we are at thegeekywaffle.com. That's where all of our shows, reviews, all of that fun stuff is. And we are on Patreon, patreon.com slash thegeekywaffle. And that's where we post things like Waffles After Dark. So thank you all so much for listening, not just to this show, but to this series in particular as we bring it to a close. Um, Be sure to hit fascists in the face with a brick and may the waffles (laughs) be with you.